Hey everyone! Before you get into today's podcast, I wanted to share some great news with you. We are extending registrations for three of the schools that are run by the Nest. Those three schools are Hakan Ivory, which is the Hebrew arm of the Nest, Remnant Rising, which is aimed at our youth, and the Realm Dimensional School of Worship. We're extending these till the 30th of September, and all prices have been dropped by $200 for this year only. We do hope you'll take advantage of this extension and register before the 30th. Go to www.thefoundationnest.com. We look forward to welcoming you soon. Welcome to Origin Gates Daily Podcast Wisdom's Echo. My name is Robbie Venter, sharing an insight of the day. Last time we talked a bit about my journey in discovering the calling that I have to serve the body of Christ. I talked about how I went and knocked on all sorts of doors and tried all sorts of avenues and uh, went to different people and places and industries and tried different ideas of what I felt I should be doing um, to serve Yahweh. And um, basically got to the point where he said specifically to me, you are called to serve the body of Christ. Uh, it was very soon after that that I got called up in a church setting, had la- hands laid on me completely out of the blue and was told that God had given me an apostolic mantle. Not long after this, I heard Ian talk about how the fivefold is complete. And basically summarizing it in my own words that the fivefold ministry was basically like a set of training wheels. They're very good things for the period of time in which they were destined to function to support the growth and maturity for the body to come into the fullness of the measure of Christ. They were never meant to be an identity and they were never meant to be a permanent function. They're a temporary function with a temporary role for a temporary purpose and that that had come to completion. So that left me at this place where I knew for sure I was called to serve the body of Christ. However, I was very confused around what that actually looked like. I knew I hadn't been called to be a pastor of a church. I knew that my role couldn't be tied to the the typical um, way that the fivefold function looked right now. So what um, I basically got to is this question, what is the role of leadership in the body of Christ on an ongoing basis beyond the fivefold? What does that look like? How is that supposed to function? So I looked at the scripture that says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the working of ministry. So in this context, those who are called to leadership are not called to ministry. They're called to equip the saints and the saints do the work of the ministry. So I think there'd been some confusion around the outworking of that in the past but anyway let me not get sidetracked i then looked at the scripture and what i was engaging for is is there any aspect of the scripture that's still relevant in today's context and what i felt the revelation was that i got was that the equipping of the saints for the working of ministry that aspect of that scripture is still relevant in today's context 
it is just not done from a fivefold gifting when we understand the fullness of our sonship. And so the question that I then asked is what does the equipping of the saints look like? If I'm called to serve the body of Christ and I feel called to equip the saints, what does that look like? If I'm not looking to the existing model of church and fivefold, etc., like what does that look like, Lord? Like, how do you actually want me to go about this thing that you've instructed me to do? And very clearly, my attention was directed to the king that actually helped Nehemiah fulfill his mission to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. So I looked into the scripture uh, in Nehemiah, and it was in fact King Artaxerxes. And it says here in the scripture, When wine was brought before him, that I took the wine and I gave it to the king. Now I'd never been sad in his presence before, and therefore the king said to me, Why is your face sad? So the first thing that we can notice about this king uh, in, in the context of the story that unfolds is that he has an awareness of Nehemiah's emotional state. And this shows us that there's a, a strong relational bond between the two of them. So not only does he observe that there's something wrong, he has an awareness about it and I believe that in that context, the message that Nehemiah would have, would have received through that type of communication from the king is this. I care about you. I'm interested in you. I'm tuned into how you're doing. I notice you. I care when there's something wrong. I can pick up on it when you're not being yourself. I want to know what's in your heart. Not only do I want to know what's in your heart, I want to believe in you and I want to back you up and support you in your mission. I want to put my connections behind you. I want to put my resources behind you. I want to see you succeed in what's in your heart and I care about your well-being. These are the sorts of things that I believe came across to Nehemiah from the communication that King Artaxerxes gave to him. And, and basically, as you go down the scripture, you see, see that the king says to him, what is your request? So not only does he notice that something's up with Nehemiah, that something's bothering him, he actually says to him, what, what do you want? What is it that you need to actually bring change to the thing that's bothering you? So reading further in the scripture here, um, Nehemiah 2 verse 7, Furthermore, I said to the king, if it pleases you, let the letters be given to me for the governors of the region beyond the river, that they must permit me to pass through till I come to Judah, and a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he must give me timber to make beams for the gates which pertains to the temple, for the city wall, and for the house that I will occupy. And here's the amazing thing that takes place. It says, and the king granted them to me. So what observations can we make about this story? Here is a leader. Here's a king, King Artaxerxes. And he is quite clearly a man that has got relational capital behind him. He's got a network. He's got people that will respond to his authority, respond to his voice. 
He's a man that can make things happen. Not only that, he's a man that has got capital. He's got resources. He's got access to resources. And not only does he have relational capital, financial capital, and other resources at his disposal, he also is um, in tune with those who are serving him to the extent that he's able to say, what is your request? I am willing to place at your disposal that which belongs to me so that I can see what's in your heart outworked and fulfilled to come to a conclusion. So why is it that the Spirit of the Lord would point me to this King to explain to me the role of leadership within the body of Christ? Why do you think that is? What is it about this example of what takes place um, that Yahweh would lead me to look at this to learn for myself an aspect of what my role would be in my calling and what I believe a lot of leaders role within the body of Christ is. And, and I believe that um, what we can learn from King Artaxerxes is one that we need to have capital available. If we want to equip the body, equipping isn't just speaking. It isn't just preaching from a pulpit it isn't just talking this king said to him what is your request and it wasn't an empty statement it was a statement that had behind it the willingness to put at his disposal great wealth and so i think that as as leaders in the body of christ we need to ask ourselves what is the nature of our calling what is the nature of our role to equip the body of Christ, like I said, not from a fivefold sta standpoint, but in this context, it was equipping from a point of view of resources, relational capital, strategy, and giving him the time and leave to be able to do it. So the other thing that, that we can learn from this is that the flow of resources went away from the leader from the leader's hand into those that were serving him and i think that quite often what we've seen predominantly in the context of of church and spiritual leadership is that majority of the resources flow to the leader what would it look like if that was reversed where the flow of, of resources, the flow of strategy would flow from the leader into those who are called to do great things. So in this case, Nehemiah had the vision. Nehemiah had the calling. Nehemiah um, had, had the desire and the passion and the determination to go out and do something. And what it was that he needed was simply just the backing and the permission and the recognition to go out and do what it is that he is called to do. And we see that the flow of resources goes from the leader in order to support what's in Nehemiah's heart, not the other way around. So King Artaxerxes actually served Nehemiah's agenda and empowered him to go and fulfill what he needed to go and fulfill. 
So I think that if we have been doing things the way that Yahweh wants them done, we would have seen much different results than the outcomes that we've got now. Uh, the, the prayer of Christ was on earth as it is in heaven. And we haven't seen that materialize. We haven't seen the outworking of that yet. And I think that leadership within the body of Christ is ultimately um, a big part of where the responsibility lies for transformation. And so therefore we have to ask ourselves, what have we been doing? And um, when I look at what ha what we've been doing in contrast to what we've just read, is that oftentimes there's been an expectation to serve the leader's agenda. There's been an expectation for money to flow to the leader. There's been an expectation to serve the leader. And it's kind of like the this, this triangle where all the energy, time, effort, resources revolves around what the leader wants. And we see it, we see a really big contrast from that to the story we've just read, where there was a leader that was willing to listen, willing to engage in relationship, was open to what was in another's heart, placed a greater importance on what's going on in their life and in their desires and what's in their heart, rather than just imposing this is what I want and this is my agenda and this is what I see and give to me. And so what, what I'm saying, I hope it doesn't come across as an accusation because it's really not meant to be an accusation. And, and I know that there are some absolutely phenomenal leaders within the body of Christ. So this is by no means an attack on any person or people. Uh, it's just purely from a point of view of observation and correction in my own heart and in my own life that I've experienced from Yahweh in terms of how I view what my role is as someone who's who is called to serve and empower the body of Christ. And so what what can we ultimately take away from this? One, if we want to equip the saints, if we want to be a leader in the body of Christ, if we want to do that, I believe it's incredibly helpful for us to have a capital base um, because equipping isn't just talk, it's also resources. Um, a strategy and ultimately it's done from a place of relationship that's the second point is that there isn't always been an emphasis on relationship there's there's a lot of leaders in the body of christ who rely purely on monologue rather than dialogue and yeah there can be some sort of impact from a monologue but what we see in this context is that it required uh, relationship and dialogue and intimacy for him to know him and, and notice what's wrong and observe what's going on and then draw that out of him and get behind it. So really that that's what I believe the takeaways are is what would it look like if as leaders we took on this model and guys I really believe that the nature and the role of leaders in, in the body of Christ is shifting massively. It used to be 90% talking, you know, speaking, inspiring, and so forth. And that, that is all great, but I think it's going to actually reverse. It's going to be 90% 90, 90 
relationship, hearing what's in the hearts of people, getting behind that, bringing together the, the resources and the strategies and the teams to build and really outwork what we've engaged with in heaven. And um, so, so I challenge all of us to question what is the nature of our role as leaders who serve the body of Christ. Thanks for listening, guys, and um, I'll see you next time.